A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign. I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Anderson. And I'm the little gadget of this podcast. Cute. Call me Beat Me if you want to reach me. Pew, pew, pew. (laughs) That reminds me of Gadget from uh, not the Chipmunks, Chippendale. I love Gadget. I was going to ask what your guys' first cell phone. Do you know what was like the brand, the model? Was it like a flip keyboard? How old were you? When? What was your first cellular device? Mine was like a Nokia brick, but thin. It wasn't like a thick ass brick phone. It was thin. I think I was 16. Like it was like, oh, since you're driving, you're going to like need this. Right, roadside assistance. But it was like I was always in trouble with it. Like it, I, I, it was whatever. I was never. I was always over minutes or (laughs) or like I was never like 
I couldn't and I love texting like I'm I'm certified that that should be considered social media because I'm like fully addicted to it more than like Instagram any other thing and I always like during class would love t9 texting while driving and I got my first one freshman year of high school. It was um, a sprint or not like, I'm pretty sure it's Nokia, but it was like a silvery purple, uh, like pearly flip phone. I know exactly which one you're talking about. It's beautiful. Oh, I fucking loved it. I had Tinkerbell as my like screen thing because it matched like color wise. And just like I had a Sex in the City ringtone, <laughs> I had like, but I had so many, I had so many custom ringtones on it. But that was like really it. I would call people on the phone, but I was never a big texter. Um, I just like wanted a phone to have a phone, and then was like, oh, actually, I never use a phone. I also had um those charms that you could put yeah. on it. And I definitely upgraded to, you know, Razor phone and all of that later. We all got a Razor. I, who didn't yeah. get a Razor? You I have to didn't get a have razor. a Razor. <gasps> wow. No, have to I, get you one. I had that. I have a new one. And then, and then I had the pink flip phone. Oh, yeah. Like the, like the, the camera. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes, exactly. And I got it because I lost my cell phone, like the first college party I ever went to. And I just got this fat pink brick, uh, like as my replacement phone. And then I just, it just became like a signature thing. I was like, I can't get rid of my, I can't get rid of my brick. And I I have always been slow on those like technology things where I'm like, I, Oh, I can't, I never, I never learned how to do T9. I just like made a decision and was like, I don't do that. So I could never really text until I got an iPhone. And I think I was like so far out of the texting game that it's never been supernatural. I had the first iPhone. I like went and bought the first iPhone. I was obsessed. Stevie, I feel like since you're Gemini Mercury and I could be completely out of line here, but did you ever have a sidekick? I didn't have a sidekick. I didn't have a Blackberry, neither. I did. My first one was like a Motorola flip phone, blue. It was kind of like a seashell. I really liked the look. Of, it was really smooth. I liked that look. I did eventually move to a hot pink razor. I did consider entering T9 texting competitions because I was very fast. And my, I feel like my grandpa would send me clippings of like, you should submit to this. It's at the borders next Friday, <laughs> you know, and I just never did it. I did rack up thousands of dollar bills when I would love a documentary about the first months of texting. Cause I want to know how much money in minutes and texts were, were racking up at these phone companies. Cause that was like an issue. I remember they did like refund also. They were like, we can't possibly charge mm-hmm. this family $12,000. Cause she got her, for, it's the first week she got a cell phone and she's acting like a little stupid hoe not knowing this co- we're charging per pound. Um, never had that. I did move on to like a Verizon. I think it was called the envy EN with the capital V. It was a flip. Mm-hmm. It was like the closest thing to a sidekick. Black. Oh, I remember the commercials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I remember the camera was awesome. Oh, the, <laughs> red, was red, the, the red one. They had them in red. Like, Mine was always classic silver. Um, I also, I feel like I just want to, for any family members who are listening, 
I'm going to like knock on all the wood. I've like never lost a cell phone. I rarely have, I've cracked it only in circumstances that were out of my control. I'm, I, I think people think I'm the person that has a cracked phone and loses their cell phone all the time. And I'm actually not, I'm very aware of where things are. And I just remember in high school all the time, like my mom would be like, your phone's in here. And I'm like, that's your phone. <laughs> like that was like our constant <laughs> argument. I was like, like that is your phone that you've left in the bathroom of the restaurant, or that is your phone that is in the kitchen. And it was like, oh, and I was like, you're the Gemini rising Sagittarius moon in this household. Like, come on. So I just want to say it like rarely ever. I've always like worked my phones to death. I've had them for years. And then when it was the, the right time to replace, I was a late iPhone getter. Cause I was so, I loved my archaic Nokia's brick phone. I liked, I mean, I was already kind of online MySpace. I didn't feel the need to jump straight into app text. Like, I mean, I text, but not in like the app DMing sort of way. So I was a late iPhone getter out of choice. I was not ready to, to, to get on board. And then obviously it took <laughs> once, I, once, it, once it came. I also, I'm the Taurus that always has a broken phone. I'm whatever, whatever <laughs> you think of Stevie, it's me secretly (laughs) i fucking broke every phone i've ever had i broke a flip phone in half and not even like doing something aggro just literally like usage um but i also i've been like an early adopter on a lot i think it's because i have aquarius mars in the 10th like i've been an early adopter on a lot of technology stuff the ipad the iphone for sure um i was definitely one of the first few of my friends to get the apple watch but also my mom will just be like (laughs) she'll always call me when something new is out and be like didn't you already get this like you you love like getting stuff right away so I think she also puts that in my head too where she'll be like do you you have to get like the new whatever and I'm like oh god now this is like part of my who I part of who people think I am now I like really have to live up to it the tech um, report with Lisa. I'm not, I'm not that good with tech. I just like, like to fiddle with it. That makes <laughs> sense with that Mars in the tent though. And Aquarius like that. And, and how someone might read it as, Oh, what you like is to get the thing. The first thing that when it comes out, the newest thing, that's very yeah. Aquarius Mars in the tent to me. Well, but also it would be like, Oh, I just get a thing that I like, like, that's not your motivation but that's how someone might interpret it and it's always been like I thought I needed it I mean quote unquote needed it well this is a very privileged conversation but and like it was my freshman year in college when the iPhone came out I didn't have GPS in my car and I was thinking about buying a GPS because I didn't know how to get around anywhere I was thinking about buying a GPS and my phone broke and I was like oh two birds or whatever but my dad who is an Aquarius or was I guess I should say because he's not around uh, used to, he was like the first person I ever knew that had a car phone, like the old kind oh, yeah. that yeah. did not work at all. Like yeah. just was like pre cell phone also like always on a pager for some reason where you're like, you're like weirdly on top of technology, but also in a way where it doesn't work. Very strange, very strange, man. Just a car <laughs> phone that would just ring while taking me to school while dropping me out. Humiliating. Wow. I think, I think that's another thing that my parents have always kind of like hoarded too, is like gadgets and things like that, where it's just like, we don't need this. Like, I know it's cool and that, and, but also what, why we're just gonna, 
it's just going to be in their garage. Same, a pager. Mm. Like my dad was yeah. not a doctor. Like I don't, who's paging you for what? I wanted a pager so bad. I think that's what it is where it's like, I just want it. By the time I got to cell phones, it was like, it'll never be a pager. So <laughs> I don't care. Like it's pager or nothing. There was something about like the, I, I did have a landline. I love talking on the landline. I had a landline and I convinced my parents to give me to get my own phone line, which this feels very Scorpio Mercury to me. Same phone line because what I wanted most <laughs> though is an answering machine. I wanted to have I wanted an outgoing <laughs> message that I could record that I could, that people would know. And ever since ever since then, I know nobody likes voicemails, but I always leave voice voicemails for people. And it's because I've always been like, I gotta have a funny voicemail. I gotta have a truly funny voicemail. And I've always had a joke voicemail since. I think you still do, right? I, I do. Remember I, I called you and you, like it was a, a time you didn't answer, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? Yeah. A funny voicemail? I haven't heard one it of is. these in it a is. long time." I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> never forget. I'm corny as fuck. <laughs> I, I also like had I, my own landline. It was. I, did I mean, again, too. I think they were. I, again very aware that you know not everyone got to have phones cell phones etc but i feel like they were i feel like my mom made it seem like it was a very expensive thing to have and that i was so lucky and i'm pretty sure it came like you oh, got like, like it was free lines. for sure yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i also um i think i got a lot of things like i got a tv in my room and yeah. like a landline oh, yeah. and stuff my own line i think for the reason that like this is horrible and maybe not true of my parents but it always maybe to me felt like they would give me stuff I always like got really good grades I'd always like do my homework and like did extracurricular activities and Girl Scouts and all kinds of stuff and I think to some extent my parents were like trying to entice my brother into doing the same thing though he was Mm. older than me so like a lot of the stuff I got as a kid, my brother would be like, Alicia has a TV or whatever, you know, like that kind of stuff. And he doesn't talk like that, but I, he does in my head. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I think that in some ways my parents were being like, yeah, well, like Lisa got straight A's. So she got a TV or whatever, like trying to entice him to do his schoolwork. And like it turns out some people just really excel in a chosen field. And like, you know, he went to law school and stuff and I didn't. So. It turns out that like even if you do really well in high school, you could still just um work in a bar. So, you know, yeah. TV, landline, however you want to do it with your kids, figure it out. Oh yeah. I just am thinking about how like man, what a I think that's like probably the best life I've ever lived when I had like a landline. I had a landline, I had a TV in my bedroom, and I just was like, I'm in my room 24-7, fucking AIM fucking and then adding instant messenger to that too where i'm just like life never got better than that that truly was like life. yeah i mean you had everything you just like had your had your friends come over for like sleepovers and it was still before you like really like you'd go to like a party there or like you actually still like cared about going to dances or that sort of thing too where it would be like things were enough of an event that there would be stuff like that it's just what what's better than that well, it was in, it was limited choice, really. Like yeah. we had a very limited programming. Obviously we were in a tech boom. So we all had these toys that you didn't have to have the jumbo TV downstairs. You could actually have the mini TV that goes in your kitchen or that goes in your 
bedroom with the V like I know you're like we're all like you're describing also my peak as well when I basically have my own what I considered a studio apartment in my parents house where I was like yeah. my phone's here I have a tv the door locks perfect like yeah. I, I host his cupcakes up in the room we out here and by oh, out here I mean same. hiding in my bedroom nostalgia wise I think the same however I think we're ignoring that like hormonally and developmentally there was a lot of like <laughs> other stuff going on yeah. where it actually wasn't a super fucking awesome time all the time but like <laughs> looking back now if I could go live in my mom's house yeah. in that room with all the like adjusting and therapy and shit that I've done like hell fucking mm-hmm. yeah Dude, I like that th- I, I said this and literally before this podcast, I was weeping alone in my apartment thinking about my junior high self. <laughs> like, <laughs> doing, doing like intense inner child work where I was like, you know, and now I'm like, man, that was the best I've ever lived. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problems were so, I mean, if you're lucky, we're so I didn't even know that my big problems were my big problems yet. My big problems were my crush or my friend being a bitch or not getting the sublime CD or like, you know, the little things, not like the the crumbling of my family dynamic around me or any of like, I mean, that's why pen 15 is so great. Cause it's like, yeah, all the things that felt really important were the things that God, I would take just not my crush, not liking me as my biggest pro what felt like my biggest problem at the time. My therapist asked me like not long ago, like, who was your biggest support system growing up? And I literally said my television in my bedroom. And she was like, oh, okay. And I was like, I don't think I'm the only person that feels this, by the way. Like, I don't think that that isn't yeah. like, I know it's not a person either, but it was like an object that was like, I can zone out. I have it to myself. It is like some agency, some onus. Like, uh, I mean, again, I, I, my heart goes out to those again, this is privilege check, but on a, on a, different no like if you shared a room or didn't have privacy or didn't have you know gadgets to entertain yourself because that's all I, I mean that's all I had that's all I had at that time just some gadgets to entertain myself and to rither around on the carpet all horny watching tv or playing with doll you know just like that that sad but cute in between time of like who the hell is this bitch uh yay well I do one thing I will say about the and maybe your therapist would agree or disagree but like it's really important that you've chosen to go to work in entertainment because like it had an, a big comfort and effect on you and like it's cool that you are now making tv for other people so yeah I think when I hear people have like weren't allowed to watch tv or had like very firm family doesn't think it's important like I think even my fiance was like, was talking about one of his cousins is one of those, like the, they don't have a TV in the house. Like it's not allowed. They must read books, which I mean, books are great, but also like TV is valid. Entertainment movies are awesome. They make you think things. They make you think about different people's lives and different people's perspectives and as do books, but also not everyone's an avid reader. And I think movies and TV are very accessible. And that's why we all like, i it's weird to meet someone that doesn't like TV or movies to some, to some level. Um, now again, there's, I'm so glad I didn't have these streamers to endlessly scroll. And I'm glad I kind of got accidentally curated into different things. Um, not as much by my choice. Cause I think that seems like an intimidating thing to come up as a younger person of like endless options of things to watch. Um, but whatever it's all like, maybe, know or maybe what it you want to see. 
you know, algorithms Mm -hmm. and stuff. I mean, that is one of the things that I used to love. And I feel like we don't ever really get any more, but maybe the like Thanksgiving day parade or unfortunately like horrible events in the news are the times when everyone's on Twitter talking about the same thing, whatever, where it used to be like, Oh, like diehards on, I'm going to like give this a shot, even though it's in the middle of the thing, I've already seen it. And you can talk to a friend about that. Oh, I watched that like on TBS last night too, or something like that level of like community um, viewing of something Mm -hmm. doesn't really occur anymore. It would be fun to do like a digital version, but I guess it doesn't really translate. I think I think HBO is one of the only things that's still kind of like that, uh, where it's like week by week, week by yeah, week by week. We know we're not necessarily watching it at the same time, but people are are watching it. Uh, and I think most, I mean, it's like Sunday. I don't know Sunday yeah. TV to me is yeah. is like the last vestige of that, and I think it's so sacred. Yeah, I mean, we sound old as hell, but yeah, I agree 100%. But also, I'm like, I love that. I think that's cool as hell that that's like what's sacred to me. What a world that we live in. Like, this is the junior high dream where I'm like, the most important thing is fucking my TV show and all of this thing. And we've made, like, we've made it, baby. Like, Mm -hmm. no, it's true. It's true. And I, there's, there must be like a new word for it's, it is just like, you're like you're a kind of it just feels very maybe it was I was just more present dare I say it almost feels just like more present well everybody is used to like I think it's like also not getting everything you want mm-hmm. at that age mm-hmm. like you can't and you want these things and it's like it's okay to want it's okay to I think we're I think we're really scared right now to like want things too much because we don't know how to handle it and I think at that age when you have like the big I think that's why like hormonally it's so difficult too because it is like the first time you are like having desires in this way that feels so intense and out of control and it's also learning what to do with those desires or like how to uh like hope hopefully and I think that's like what's so rough about that age too is that it is a time when it is like oh if we're not like kind of safeguarding people in those things that's like a real rough time when you need a lot of like space and um, safe places for you to figure out what those feelings are and I think that is where it's like I don't know but yeah you just like you can't have everything you're still you're still in that like liminal thing and I think that those are the scariest things for people Oh, do you know what thinking. else I had? This what? is the thickest item that I wish. <laughs> it was a blow up chair. Oh, oh yeah. That was like iridescent but clear. Yes. Where is mm-hmm. one of those? These Dude, I I have found inflatable furniture on Amazon, not the sparkly one cuz I had one that was clear glitter. Clear rainbow glitter and still to my to this day one of my favorite things I think of is just like Sitting rainbow glitter. There. Yeah. Uh, and I remember seeing in like the limited 2 catalog, they had there was someone's bedroom that had a couch and things again it's an apartment i just wanted to decorate an apartment my whole life that's all that's the whole Mm -hmm. thing (laughs) (laughs) well we are still it's not there yet and maybe if you're listening this years later hopefully this has already happened but we really need that iridescent devices trend to come back we need macbooks that are clear with colors we need clear 
see through couches. My landline, I remember, was like clear. So you could see the wiring mm-hmm. and it was green and it was like fucking, do- it was just so dope. And even like, uh, I'm just, I'm just, this is like deep memory hole. I'm just like remembering having a friend who like really into MASH. And it's like, that would have never happened without you having to randomly watch whatever's on late night TV. Like, would I have really yes. picked the Drew Carey show? No, but here I was loving every fucking minute. Mimi is an icon. Just like know your history, everyone. <laughs> like, yeah, my millennial high horse. But hey, yeah. we're trying to recreate all that right now. So I'm just giving you some resource, some knowledge. I've lived lived through this. Here's the stats. Constraints are good in those things because sometimes you don't know that you like something until you are forced to watch it and go hmm give this a try like maybe I will like this and then you go like oh I fucking love this I guess now I'm obsessed with Drew Carey show or whatever whatever (laughs) it is but it's like you don't always know you don't always know well you also won't I feel like I I don't shouldn't say you I don't give things such a chance like I see the description and I'm like the most recent one and I'll say because my mom was like oh you should watch Queen's Gambit and I was like yeah I read this description it said 1950s orphan and chess and I moved right along and she was like laughing and I'm like yeah but I know that's not for me and she's like you might like it and I probably would but I didn't click on it Mm -hmm. and it's a great show it seemed to have great impact seemed like a lot of people love it but um yeah just I that kind of stuff deters me where if I, if it came on and I was like, oh, what's this? I probably enjoy it. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the happenstance, the, the, the serendipity, the like, oh, I didn't plan on watching this and here it is. And I, and I'm enjoying myself. And you get to actually just like instinctively enjoy, like feel something. It's not about thinking because when you're going, when you're choosing based on a description, you're going, huh. I think this makes sense. And I think that's why a lot of stuff is disappointing because it's different in your mind than how you actually experience it. Yes, on paper, this sounds like a funny idea, but this is dumb. On paper, it's like one of those, like this sounds like a Jeopardy category where it would be like orphan chess 1950s. What is is Queen's Gambit? To me, it it sounded sad, but apparently it's riveting. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it's like, there are things that also aren't supposed to be, you're not supposed to read about it. It doesn't sound, you're supposed to just watch it and go, oh my God, I wasn't expecting that. Whatever it is, like, Hmm. you're just supposed to go to the movies on this day because this is when the new movie comes out and you just see whatever the new movie is. Descriptions are disturbing. They impede choosing and just enjoying because it's true because it's not telling me the vibe. You're telling me the very basic log line that an intern probably wrote really disgruntledly. If I, I don't know if it's been updated, but the if it's still if it's still on Netflix, half baked description is written by someone who clearly hates the movie. <laughs> like it is like these fucking four stoners go do something. The end. <laughs> and it's like if you well, read that, you'd be like, that doesn't sound very fun, but a classic stoner th- film. This I think ties into our topic today, sort of, because I think this is how do you process information and organize? Because to me, I never read a description. I like look or I'll read a description, but I usually I'm like, what is this like? I look at the other the related things and go, okay, yes. I like these things. Oh, I don't like that. I, moving along or whatever. And I think that's very uh, Scorpio Merc of me. Well, yeah. it's like, what's what's what are the related things? That's how yes. I judge something. I don't know if this is true, but I feel like, and I could be wrong, 
those related items are more based in fact and like al- like algorithmy things where it's like these both have like a strong female lead or these both are from the same director or these are they have like concrete ways that they connect yes or a description is inherently human yeah so that's someone's interpretation and given a, these people are great at their jobs it's not you know I'm not shitting on everyone who's ever written a description of something but it is someone else's opinion in a way. Well, and I think a description is information versus vibe again, where it's like, this is, I need to tell you the synopsis of this movie instead of saying, this is a lush, you know, some people are, Mm -hmm. some titles will say that, but that's harder to also, some people I think are turned off by that kind of descriptive thing too, because they're like, what the fuck does that mean? Lush, tell me what's about, what's the, what's the plot or whatever, you know what I mean? Like some people are also wondering what's the thing about literally not like what's this experience going to be like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm just thinking of now like keywords that just will like, I'm in like coming of age. I'm in, I've just like looked up. I'm like, how (laughs) I just Google, how does killing Eve described? And it's like intrigue packed drama. And it's like, yes, like these, but just like the vibe of the words. Anyways, all right, Mercury, got to get to Mercury. I'm, but it's well, all related. It's all related because it's Mercury. <laughs> is Mercury. Yes. Well, all of yes. these things, I think this is it's Mercury. the communication. How do you get the information? How do you synthesize the information? And um, we're talking about your Mercury return in our return series uh, here. And uh, I think I just had a Mercury return also. Um, all of mine were, I mean, because everything is in a row, I'm like, I, I, I had Mars and Venus one, one day from each other. And then I just had Mercury too. Uh, anyways, enough about I that. was, how was it? I was any mercurial, mercurial things. I mean, it happens quite frequently. Well, you know, just, yes, we'll get it happens. Soon. Yeah. Um, no, I think any kind of mercury transit not retrograde but mercury moves so quickly and i think it's like it never we don't talk about mercury transits as often besides retrograde because they are so fast and um it is really like a day and so i think it's hard to feel i didn't feel any i like forgot the chart already but i will say that i feel like i have been um talking more and having to have like conversations with people whatever, or like that's kind of where I, I'm more willing to talk. I guess maybe that is more of a thing where it's, so it, I can't tell if that's been coming up or if I've been creating those opportunities. Mm. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's all. So Mercury returns happen about as often, about once a year. Um, I'm, I think that there is a possibility where you could have one like very beginning, very end. Um, but they happen about as often as a solar return, which is once a year, they often happen around the same time, but not necessarily on the same date. Um, because Mercury retrogrades, we can get out of, out of sync there. So again, there is a possibility where you could have a Mercury return, um, fairly far from your solar return, but they are often, uh, close together. Yeah, okay. I think so. I'm confused because I saw the same thing where it happens once a year, but the Mercury cycle around the sun is 88 days. So is that because the sun is moving astrologically because we're on Earth's perspective that 
it happens once a year? It's just a so. science question, so it's not an astrology one. So if we no. don't know, it's okay as well. I believe so. Okay. That makes sense that it wouldn't necessarily be at the same place in the sky. Yes. Because the other stuff is also moving. Yes. Maybe. I think and I saw the term it's... geocentric view as the like. Um, That's what it. That makes the anger. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I guess so I'm wrong too, though. So it can't be that far away, but it can be a little bit far away where it would be like the I mean, from from either from your birthday, meaning it's still going to be within two signs. It's, yeah, it's going to be closer to your birthday because Mercury doesn't move that far move from, the further sun. from the sun. Okay, yeah. that tracks. But it can be. That's why I was like, I think you could have two in, in a, a year. Yeah, yeah two so. in a year, but still. Un- unlikely yeah tracks okay yes <laughs> sorry for the derail no but because i think that that is again i'm like this is it's all so mercurial because it is like the information what is it what are you literally saying uh and what does that mean is just as important mm-hmm. and we really do only talk about mercury when it's retrograde i feel like i don't know i'm just i'm here to vent i feel like I want to talk about Mercury more. I know it moves fast. So we're like, well, it moves so fast. And we like never think about it, but it affects so much of our day to day that I feel like it's good to think about it and bring up. And also this return to, I think, since Mercury is rooted in thinking and processing and ideas, I think looking at a Mercury return chart could really be some interesting insight, like these other return charts of what maybe what's our new idea this year? Like what, what's our, it's almost like, what's the theme? Like, what are, how are we processing? Like, maybe we're not into this thing anymore. Maybe we're going to learn a new skill. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just want to like shout out Mercury. Cause I feel like it does get brushed away a lot of times for the personal planets often. Well, I think it's hard to explain that of like, how do you explain how you think or how you talk. It's a thing that I think you kind of like have to do or that a lot of people don't consciously think about because they think that they are their thoughts. That is like the whole uh, thing of being like, oh no, like this is a, a lot of people don't think of it as like a process that they are in control of. And a lot of times you're not or whatever too, but I think that's also why it's hard to talk about. Sorry, Lisa. Oh, I was just going to say it moves fast and we use that as an excuse to be like, Oh, well, you know, the trans, but so does the moon. And we put so much weight on the moon and the moon moves way faster. So Mm -hmm. I think that I do also think that like the moon, Mercury and these more short cycled planets, they are luminary planets. um, They, they can change a lot depending on where they are and what you're doing. And like, situationally I communicate much differently on this podcast than I do at work or in work meetings or with my partner or to my dog or my family we all have different like aspects of how we communicate with who and what inside jokes all that kind of stuff um I think that also as mercury moves through your natal chart you know, you might find that you're talking about different issues or thinking about different things. Maybe you're, when it's in the seventh house, you're really, you know, interested in partnership and having communication one-on-one where if it's in the 
11th, you might be really interested in group communication and like group hangs and stuff. I mean, we all know that last year, like there were a lot of like Zoom hangs and stuff like that. People got like fatigued from and all that kind of stuff. So I think those patterns of communication can change all the time. I studied communication in college and there are numerous courses about, you know, communication in the workplace, communication and conflict, all this kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. well, it is that when we think about, you know, mercury ruled signs, Gemini for sure is one of those things. That's like, how do you describe that? How do you explain it? It's all of these things that are kind of je ne sais quoi, ineffable, always flipping and reflecting and all of that. And Virgo too, is like, that, you know, creativity, that turning, processing, turning things into a thing where it's like, where does one thing end and one thing begin when we've digested it, when we've created something, when we've mulched it and grown it. Uh, Like, I know that there's like a flower on top here, but how do you, you know, distinguish where that starts and ends? And like, you're saying all of these like different types and, and that sort of thing, I think is what makes it interesting and fast moving, all of that fast moving, but not any less um, like graspable or not any less worth thinking about just because it moves fast, you know, doesn't mean Mm -hmm. we can't figure it out in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, or work with it too. I think it doesn't get also the, the, like, we can feel a little more supercharged in that maybe manifesting if we, you know, trigger (laughs) manifesting or the things that we want to like proclaim or the things that we really want to say, I feel like I heard somewhere recently, like, you know, if you tell someone your goal, you're more likely to get to that goal. Cause there's that maybe it's manifesting. Maybe it's also feeling like, Oh fuck, I told people. So now I've really got to do that thing. Or at least makes you check in about like, Oh, I'm actually not into that thing anymore. So here's my update on the goal. You're likely to have someone ask you about it again in the future. I think that is like a manifesting thing where it is a time for you to say oh actually I decided I wanted to do this thing or you go oh yeah I have I still haven't done that Ooh, I should get on that like those kinds of things and I think thinking about mercury moving fast yes but also I think you only need you don't need someone to ask you that question every day you need it one day when you run into that person and then you like ride that wave for a while so I think thinking about the mercury return where it's like yeah it's only one day basically where you have that exact conjunction but if you have a meaningful conversation that day the the impact of that is going to last presumably like a conversation going well or going poorly could lead to a relationship working or not working or you now have started a new pattern of how you've broken a cycle where before you weren't able to have this kind of conversation now you can that's a milestone turning point thing where it's like how you only need so many of those days (laughs) to last you know what I mean like to go on Mm -hmm. so well I also um with destiny cards they always say like right around or before your birthday there's like a big gift that you get not like a birthday gift but like something from from the universe it can be a sense of peace or you know it can be an actual present or whatever um but it's interesting to me because looking at it from an astrological perspective, there are just things that are likelier to be conjuncting or meeting, returning around the, obviously your solar return, Mercury, Venus could be close. There could be other planets that might be lining up. The moon could be. So a lot of those things 
working together and especially in in days leading up to your date of birth like one of the things that robert um hand says in planets in transit about mercury conjunct mercury is like meeting someone that can help you with something or like getting a lot of contacts for something maybe you're you know a salesperson you get a ton of contacts for your rolodex or something like that um those things can feel like real gifts but you don't it's it's almost like you I don't know how to say like you don't know which planet is giving it to you mm-hmm. when if you're just having your mercury and your venus and all this stuff it's like you have all this stuff working with you potentially it can't be like that every year we've all had a yeah. dead of a birthday i'm sure but yeah it seems like when those personal planets those are when you get those personal things i don't know well that makes me think of it being close to your soul being close to your solar return and also the years when you like ask for what you want for your birthday or plan the thing, or because it's your birthday, you're doing your kind of yearly inventory and thinking about goals that have you've let pass. And so you go, I really need to reach out to someone and say, I'm going to post that I am looking for an apartment and then someone does it or whatever, but it is that, yeah, the same thing you kind of can't, can't say, which is, is it because it was your birthday? Is it because you said it? Is it Jupiter? Is it, you know, whatever but yeah I like I like thinking about all of those things that Robert Hand suggests are good for that day I'm looking at that two planets in transit of like you know communicating with others talking about things that are important to you you might be curious and kind of like mentally stimulated like thinking about ideas you know looking for stuff and also that this is a good time to uh like socialize which all sounds like stuff that you do kind of around your birthday in some form or another you know and different levels and thinking about those times when you just do not feel like that is lined up and thinking about how that might be a time when your mercury returns maybe a little bit further away from your solar return um yeah sometimes which- you have your birthday or not even celebration but you know there are some years where you not necessarily like a birthday party but you feel like oh well we kind of already celebrated like i had the best time last week or you know it's later that you end up meeting up with your friends and doing something. It, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean you planned a party for later or whatever. It just sometimes happens that way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the return to, especially if you cast the chart, see where, what house that's falling and see what the chart ruler is like, yeah, maybe this is this nice little one year ish session of, you know, being in the fourth house of like, yeah, what Julia said of like putting out the like, I need a new house or like, you know, reaching out to friends more, maybe the person that you, you're used to be the one invited and like you extend the invitation. So I think it just does give different, like, it's so quick that I like that it can give such a different theme, like a solar return, even though the solar return seems like obviously a little more bigger, like ego and ethos and like, who am I where this is like, well, what are we into right now? What do you, and where what do you should we think a little energy <laughs> thinking about it to inter- like, you know, thinking, just fucking thinking. What's, what are your thoughts on? What are you planning on? You know, what's, what are you organizing? What are you doing? I mean, thinking of, of weddings coming up and that kind of thing too, where it's like, oh yeah, I bet that is reflected in your Mercury return chart in a way where it's like, oh, I'm thinking about this event that I'm planning. I'm, you know, doing these sorts of things. And those things usually only last about a year, you know, yeah, depending like, on what it is. Like, what are you tinkering with kind of? Yes. Yes. And what are you looking for? where are you looking to make connections and things like that too? I think that's very mercurial and very social and like, who are you going to be around is going to be a result of kind of like what you're thinking. Cause you're going to be getting, looking for that, that stuff too. And 
I love it. Mm-hmm. It could also be studying things too, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe taking a little class, uh, maybe taking a longer class, like where, where do we want to update our information? Cause I think that's the beautiful theme of Mercury. Like if you're not, you know, we didn't, I know we just like praise the fuck out of our flip phones, but we didn't like say that was it. And I never looked back and I never, I never talked on the phone ever again. Or like, I never, you know, I, I did translate into maybe having an apartment. Maybe, I don't know, maybe this conversation is like, oh, maybe I do want a room that has like just a chill out section that reminds me of like those things that I like. I think it's, it's just giving us some brain fuel so that we can that we can apply it to where we are now. And sometimes that's looking forward. Sometimes it's looking back. Sometimes it's being just right where we are. I think that's the beautiful thing with Mercury too. And it moving fast is that we do have the ability to update, update and change those things. And I think this is a good reminder for people to like ask people's pronoun, like update your vernacular. When people mm-hmm. tell you that we don't use that word anymore, stop using it. Like those kind of things, like, I do find that when people stick to those older words and all that kind of stuff, like personally, I, it doesn't get directed at me a lot. So I don't get that heavy heated of a reaction. But what I do feel is like, are you so uncreative that you can't like find a new word? Like there, we're always yeah. like developing slang and language and you, you seem to update pretty easy with that kind of stuff. So you can definitely do it when someone tells you it means something to them. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's just my little had to throw mm-hmm. in a little social justice. No, I love that. And I think oh, yeah. that like, um, yeah, you're, I think that we can update our thinking that Mercury moves fast. We just have talked about it. We've said it so fast that we can't even really describe it. So to say that that isn't something that's fast moving and capable of change is not understanding what thinking is, uh, uh, you know? So I think that's, that's absolutely, absolutely true. And yeah, I just like thinking of it as like a maybe a thing, to, a, a fun exercise of like what's your. It makes me think of like coming up with a mantra for the year based on your return chart or something like what your where your heads like. Yeah, what's your what's your phrase, or what is the thing mm-hmm. that you're going to be on? It could also be like the like you said a theme. What what are you on the lookout for, there? And thinking about how often like organizations do like a theme for the year and thinking about that as a mercury return thing, because we Mm -hmm. do need kind of an organizing thought principle to have not much longer than that, because like we've just said, mercury isn't supposed to stay. We're not supposed to have the same frame of thinking every single year. It's not, it, it should change because so much information changes. Mercury changes every fucking day. Yeah. And I'm now I'm thinking of it too, with like your, like, perfection year and does that like are there are there crossovers of like themes and like I don't know I think it can be and Mercury is here to challenge it like also rules what like games and puzzles and like all that kind of shit too so it's like you know think about Mercury different here's there's your Mercury return challenge Mm. (laughs) like like this is our daily shit you know so we can't just I know we like to talk about the big like overarching transit things and bigger, longer things. Cause obviously, you know, when things are staying around a long time, it does feel more impactful, but these short little things like Lise mentioned the moon also are too. And you can use it. So, you know, if you, yeah. don't, you don't have as long a time as your Saturn return to figure tinker and figure shit out and, you know, get whatever and go back and all that stuff, this is a day. So if you see it coming, feel like feel free to use that energy feel free and obviously look at what else is going on and 
your chart and stuff, but like, and where it lands and all that kind of stuff. But like, gee, you know, mine's in the 12th house. Like if this is a day that I get to talk to people about like weird woo woo shit and like actually make them see my perspective or point of view, then like, that's a great day. Even if it doesn't result in me benefiting financially or making a new friend or any of those things, like that's still really fun. So when you see it coming, like use it. Mm-hmm. If you don't use it, you lose it. Hell that's yeah. What, that's what they, someone well, said that some somewhere. <laughs> I like all of this of returns too, because I think it is just that like reminder of us not just being our sun sign and that we can have these things can be in different places and we can be in different cycles with all of these aspects of ourself and they don't have to be in conflict with each other. They can be, they might be, and there will be times when they are, but I think it's like, um, not, not thinking of ourselves as like separate, but that idea of like, yeah, like think your mind, your mind can change and that doesn't have to be your whole identity. You can have a cycle of a thing. That's all. I have a fixed mercury and I always, it's taken me 33 years to tell myself it's okay to change your mind. It's Mm -hmm. okay to, you know, you didn't like that person at first and now you really like them. That's okay. You, you know, it's okay to try a new food and decide that you like it now, or, you know, it's actually a fit to be able to have the open mind and be able to change your mind. So, yeah. Well, and it's like, it doesn't, it changes in some ways, but also it never changes and all that, like, it's still your mind and you're still doing that. You're just changing the the focus or the perspective of our, 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 all of those things. So I think, yeah, let, let the things change that can change. Meanwhile, I'm here with the mutable mercury being like, can you stick to something, bitch? Can we <laughs> stay the course? But look, that's why we contain multitudes and many parts. Exactly. Well, ha- many happy returns. Keep coming back to this podcast. Oh, we yeah. love your returns. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to What's Your Sign. Please rate us five stars and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon. You can also find us online on Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast or on Twitter at What's YR Sign underscore pod. You can also like our fan page on Facebook and join our friendship group. Questions, comments, concerns, or to book a commission chart reading, you can email us at what's your sign podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. What's your sign, baby? What's your sign?